Now, Steve, I don't know about you, but when I see fever, I eat fever. (laughs) 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 Yeah, That's a good one. Kicking this show off strong. (laughs) It's the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest podcast that there is here with the Mm -hmm. host with the most. It's me, your great buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, your great... uh, uh, um, don't Butler? try to one up me. Hang on now. Uh, Hollywood do Steve. It? Yeah, that's you. You're just Hollywood Steve over there. And uh, we are here today to be talking about a Safever. Safever. Yeah, that's C-fever. what it's called. Safever. Yeah, Safever. It's called. Safever. Yeah, Safever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to get straight onto the movie discussion, fine. Be that way. There's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. But before right we get there. there we're going to be hanging out, having a chin wag. I'm going to crack open a very tall beer and consume it. All kinds of good stuff afloat here that you don't want to miss. So be sure to hang around with us. Steve, how you been doing this week, man? Uh, good. Been uh, been watching a whole lot of movies. Been really uh, just sitting sitting my ass down and watching a movie. Well, dude, it's really weird because I can hear your voice, but I I can't see you, and I feel like I'm alone in the room. Are you a go 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 ghost? Yeah, no. Uh, this week I also became a go 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 ghost. You became a die. <laughs> yeah, I did a die. Did a so, die. Yeah, I did a die. No, we're recording remotely. Uh, I uh, my sinuses are acting up. I believe that's what it is. But if it's not that, I didn't want to expose anyone to anything before I get tested. So. We're recording well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much, man. Who knows? You might have uh, contracted deadly parasites in your protein shake or something. Holy shit. I hope not. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Check out oh, them eyeballs, so man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do not want my eyeballs to explode. Well, thing with them protein shake uh, uh, parasites is they get into your other balls and they explode. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, God. I mean, you don't listen. want no part of that. I don't want any part of either one of them. No, I'd rather but not. But yeah, I you know what? I don't know which one would be worse. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just sounds like a bad time overall. It does. Well, I appreciate yeah. you not wanting to share the wealth. It's probably just fucking sinus stuff because the the weather in Tennessee is like glitching out really bad yeah. right now. It was like, and it makes uh, no sense. Yeah, it was like. When I went to the store last night, it was like 29 degrees, I believe. And it yeah. is, what, like 60, 70 out there right now? Totally, yeah. And yeah. I think Thursday is going to get all the way up into the 70s. It just makes no sense. So Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, that that pressure change is very much the most likely thing that is causing me to have this sinus problem. But again, hey, better safe than sorry. There you go, man. There you go. What all you been watching on this week, dude? Oh, man. So many a thing. Uh, of course, we had the uh, a Friday night. We had the screaming chat, uh, uh-huh. and it was it was the last drive-in, a Valentine's Day special. And let oh, me yeah, tell you, it was you, a Valentine. Yeah, that's right. It was. It was a Valentine. Um, let me tell you, uh, I it was the first time I think that both of the movies were fine with me. Okay. Uh, the first movie was Black Roses, which I'm saying is fine with me. That's as as much as I'll say. It's not great, uh-huh. but it's not terrible. It's fine. 
I've never uh, seen it, but I think that I would really like it just based on the fact that it's like demonic 80s rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Sign me up. It, yeah, it's it's right up your alley, I think. Uh, but then uh, the second movie was Frankenhooker, which is uh, uh, a classic. It is must be seen. Great yeah? movie. Yeah, Frank Cannonlauder. It's one of his one of his last movies, I think. Oh, dang um, old Hannonlauder, really? Yeah, yeah. Dude, it's rad. It's so okay. good. Right, I love then. Frank and Hooker. Yeah. I need to watch that. I've never seen it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely check it out. It's on Shudder. Go watch it. Um, right. Then on Sunday, uh, we were going to watch... We've done My Bloody Valentine before, and uh, uh, Ryan had suggested we do the My Bloody Valentine remake. I think it was Ryan that suggested it. And we were going to, but I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. But... Uh, we ended up watching a movie where a werewolf plays football uh, called Full Moon High. And let me tell you, I didn't know about Full Moon High, directed by the guy who directed The Stuff. Came out oh. in 81, three years before Teen Wolf. And what? Teen Wolf definitely ripped it off. Holy shit. I had no mm-hmm. idea. I've never heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Watch it. Like, the school's colors are even the exact same. Like they they definitely ripped some of it off, but holy cow, it is much more of like a. It's it's way more of like a, a like one of those sort of raunchy, late seventies early eighties comedies that is just a bunch of set piece jokes. Okay, over yeah. and, and like it really doesn't ha- like the story is insane. Like he he gets sent by his dad to Romania to to be a spy. <laughs> and that's not where how it, I would expect that to start, but okay. No, and that's how he becomes a werewolf. And then, like, twenty years later, goes back to high school to play football. What? Yeah, it's listen. It's strange. This sounds like but, a, a dream that you have after you have a big sandwich before bed, <laughs> like a really big sandwich. Then you wake sure up you, and you're like, "Why yeah. did I fucking dream that?" Yeah, the big sandwich. Um, it. Man, I'll tell you what, it, it it it's it had some real good funny moments. But it also has its eighties humor, which, you know, uh some some obvious uh playful racism. That's always fun. So fun, uh, man. That's why yeah, they put it in uh, all the movies back then. They did. Um yeah, it I don't know, man. Like I, I really had a fun time with it. It's bad. It's it's swimming with Arkans. There's so many Arkans in there. Adam, Ooh. Alan, all the Arkans. They're there. All of them. An infestation. Yeah. Uh also Bob Saget is in it. Like there there's a Whoa. lot of people you'll recognize. Um but man, I I can't believe I'd never heard of it. Can't believe it Teen Wolf definitely ripped it off. But also uh, I can't believe it's actually pretty fun, <laughs> but it's it feels real long because there's no connective tissue really, except there's a werewolf in every scene. That's it. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, all right, sounds like uh, sounds like an interesting one at least. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. We had a good time with it. Um, nice. But uh, along the lines of much better movies, uh, I watched One Hour Photo. Which is a movie that RDM suggested long ago yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's on HBO Max, and I was finally like, I need to watch this. Love Rob- Robin Williams. Um, and uh, yeah, he was great. I really enjoyed it. It's a good thriller. Um, I mean, Robin Williams is amazing. He Dude. always 
was like anytime like you know anytime he took on a serious role there's kind of like there's kind of like the robin williams serious voice and stuff that he does that like he, he just has his i don't know he's, he's just kind of perfect for certain roles and and i feel like he was very much perfect for this role dude i remember watching that one a really long time ago with brandon because brandon was of course such a, a huge uh-huh. robin williams fan right and I remember just being so creeped out because I was like, man, Mork sure is acting weird. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Mork is creepy. He does a great job in it, man. It's great. Yeah, uh, I remember it then, being like sad, too. It's the kind of thing where like his entire motivation behind being such a creeper is like really sad as well. It is. It Hard is very movie. sad. I need to watch yeah, it again. It, I've not watched it in forever. I would say it's not a good time watch, but it's definitely a good movie. Um, okay. Then I also watched on the HBO Max a little movie called Nobody, which I've been meaning to get to. And I've heard a good thing about this. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. It's great. <laughs> really loved it. Uh, it's Bob Odenkirk in a like it's John Wicky style action revenge movie. Um, hmm. It's fun. It's not. I mean, like. It has funny moments. I don't want to say funny, though, when I'm talking about Bob Odenkirk, because I don't want people to get the idea that Bob Odenkirk made, like, a funny action movie. He didn't. Uh It's, like, serious. He's acting very serious and straight. Uh, It just has good, some good humor to it. Okay. Um, It's, I really enjoyed it. Like, definitely saw, you know, it has the John Wick influence, as I said, um kind of taken influence but i don't like taken uh but yeah I, I think i think real fun just awesome uh rizzas in it that's great um, okay all, all right all sorts of just awesome fight scenes and stuff and real brutal shit um enjoyed it a whole lot okay i've been meaning to watch that one man that gives me a reason to check it out now just those two movies i just named I did not plan this. I did not intend this, but I I, I had a Connie Nielsen uh, film festival this week because <laughs> she is in One Hour Photo, she's in Nobody, and she's in Sea Fever. <laughs> what are the fucking odds, man? I, I like. I didn't even. I had no idea she was in those other two movies. Just turned out that way. But man, uh, she's great. Uh, then uh, I also watched Nightmare Alley, uh, Guillermo del Toro's new movie. Okay. The, now is this like Bradley a? Cooper? Is it like a reimagining of Nightmare on Elm Street? Only it's Kirsty Alley as the bad guy instead. Because I'm here for that. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. Nightmare Alley. Yeah, she's just invading your dreams and talking about Scientology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it stop every night. Yeah. This shit. Yep. Um. No, Nightmare Alley. Uh, Bradley Cooper. It's a remake of a uh, 1940s um, movie. It it's man okay so one it's two and a half hours long Ooh, that's a lot of movie it's that's long. a whole lot of movie but it's good it is good it's about um carny folk and uh you know uh, uh, uh i don't want to say too much but basically uh bradley cooper is is uh he's what you call one of them uh what is it uh charmers one of them con men Oh, a flim flam man, a flim flam artist. That's right. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. look out. 
Got some good stuff in there. Um, uh, what's his name? Willem Dafoe's in there. Uh, mm, okay, uh, yeah. uh, Tony Collette. Oh, got, okay. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Always a good sign. Kate uh, Blanchett. I mean, fucking great cast. Just great. Dang, that's a hella cast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it's, a, it's a bit long, I think, but other than that, I enjoyed the story. Um and everybody was great on it. That that's that's its main um, uh, draw, I think, is the cast. Though sure. there's also some cool gore in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, so check it out. Definitely worth a watch. I think. Then I also uh, finally got around to Rick and Morty season five. What a fun yeah. time that was! How is that? Yeah. Is it holding up? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, good absurd humor and uh, some solid emotional moments i liked it good season Aww. uh oh and also one last thing uh summoning salt which i we've talked about before Shit, yeah summoning salt best 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 channel on youtube i think it's uh, really any, fantastic anytime he posts a video you gotta go watch it <laughs> they're speed run videos obviously that is only for a niche audience it seems but I bet you can get into it if you watch a summoning salt video. Like it's more than just I, speed runs, though. It's like the history of like yeah. how people got better at a game. Yes, that's it. And that, oh my gosh, like the the Tyson video that he did where he broke down like the the pursuit for every single like record. That one was Insane. great. And then this yeah. this one was the Super Punch Out. And I, I love those games, the Mike Tyson's Punch-Out and Super Punch-Out. They were two of my favorite games Me too, up. dude. I love Super Punch-Out. I played the shit out of that one, man. Yeah, and just I so much. <laughs> there was an issue of Nintendo Power that I had back in the day that like broke down how you could beat some of the fights in you know, less than a minute or whatever. So yeah. you're like, okay, start the fight with two left jabs, then mm-hmm. he's going to do this, uh, and you'll beat him in under... 25 seconds and that was like unbelievable my brother and i got really obsessed obsessed with doing that and then Mm -hmm. i got super pissed because we let some friends borrow our cartridge of it and they started their own character file and like beat some of our records because they were like (laughs) ultra hardcore video game guys yeah they beat some of our records so it just stayed on the cartridge like that forever (laughs) i almost like i almost debated like wiping the entire cartridge just so i wouldn't have to see my defeat every time that i play it dude uh, my cousin buddy, like, I, I would like to see his carts, like, and see the records he had for both uh, Super Punch Out and Mario Kart. He Word, was insane yeah. at both of those, like, just so <laughs> good. But yeah, like, you you can beat most of the characters in Super Punch Out in under twenty seconds, under ten for most of them. In fact, yeah, insane. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? How? It was so. Hell? so well put together and that's the amazing thing about his videos dude is like if you ask me on paper hey do you want to see like a rundown of some of the best speed runs of this particular game i'd be like no 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 i just told in voiceover (laughs) like no Uh not really but dude i don't know how that guy does it but he tells such a compelling story like the pacing and everything is just right it's Mm -hmm. such a good watch and like i think the punch out episode the super punch out episode that just came out i want to say it's it's like 50 minutes long. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they're all pretty lengthy. Yeah. I get, but, like, that, that's the thing is it's so well put together. Like, he had me interested in Wii Golf records. I've never even played Wii Golf. Nope. But I was but watching it like, video. fuck, I got to see that. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, yeah, I started it the other night, and I was like, no way I'm finishing this. And then, like, yeah. I clicked pause, and I was like, 
shit, I've only got 10 minutes left in this? Of course I'm going to well, finish it. Well, I better it. finish it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good, cool. man. That was a great watch. Yeah. What else? What have you been watching, Ben? Well, so like right after we recorded our episode last week on uh-huh. Sweet Tart. I love I, uh, Sweet Tart. I walked into the living room and Kate was watching your favorite movie, A Boondock Saint. <laughs> and you sat down and loved it every minute. Well, so I was making some food and everything and I was like, yeah, you know, this is on in the background, whatever. Not exactly my favorite movie. I, I like it more than you do. Yeah, I, um, yes. But I'd I haven't most seen people it in do. years. Yeah, that's yeah. true too, man. And it is still like really corny and like way at times overly stylized definitely feels like a very like young person made that movie and they were just trying to cram every idea they had into it yeah but i will say this one thing that i forgot about it the soundtrack is fucking sick the soundtrack yeah i think that's is been the draw for a lot of people for a long i mean like a lot of people saw it when they were young so it was like very like you're saying it probably hit their mind exactly right because that's how they would have made the movie uh, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. the soundtrack, yeah, it has a big, big draw. I think it's really cool. And like I said, it is definitely still like cheesy and way too over the top most of the time. Yeah. But I can't lie, I had a bit of fun. It might it might just be some nostalgia kicking in. Uh, maybe it was you know, the dope like, soundtrack. I don't know. I had a pretty good time with it. You know how like Tarantino, like he 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 sat down and made his movies like kind of like the exploitation movies that he loved and the westerns mm-hmm. that he loved and stuff like that this guy said i like what he's doing i'll do that <laughs> give me some of that without seeing slice. any of the things he's referencing at all and <laughs> only referencing tarantino and and like honestly some of his dialogue sounds to me like he saw clerks and was like i could do that yeah, um, yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of the dialogue in there, it is just very stilted. Like, what fucking yeah. planet are you from that you think people talk this way? <laughs> well, and, and that's also why I picked Clerks, because that's also how Kevin Smith's dialogue is to me. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> so much of his dialogue is just like, who the fuck talks like this, Kevin? I like your movie, but who yeah. the fuck talks like this? <laughs> <laughs> also forgot how, like, is Norman Reedus's accent is just like abysmal oh, through man. most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Through a lot of it, he's saying <laughs> words, and you're like, I don't even know what word that was that he said. <laughs> oh, and the 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 bartender who always screws up the sayings or whatever yeah, annoys oh, the ass. shit out of me. That's he the guy so from the annoying. fucking Fraggles, though, dude. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's cool. But <laughs> all right. So, so I you loved it. Gotcha. I had more fun with it than I thought that I would. Uh, cool. We watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a musical about that feller what wrote a rent. Oh. Played by so, old Andrew Garfield, who I have an idea. A musical about a musical. Gotcha. It is. It's very meta. It's like Inception. I have this idea that I want to um, find somebody out there that like looks a lot like Andrew Garfield and is like a pretty okay actor. And I'm going to become this guy's agent and get him, like, a lot of really similar roles. So maybe okay. I get, you know, I, maybe I get my guy a job playing some other uh-huh. uh, Broadway playwright. And I have him change his name to Andrew Heathcliff. <laughs> I think it'd be really cool. So they're kind of rivals, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they look similar enough, you know? I uh-huh. think it'd be really cool. It'd be fun. Here's, okay, so... 
All right, I'm so glad that you've you've brought, <laughs> brought like we've okay. we've never gotten to talk about Garfield and Heathcliff, and I've been wanting. This might be to. the only chance in the entire yeah. run of this show that you get to. So <laughs> indulge, my friend. Okay, so uh, I'm. Uh, I, I think uh, the the Zoomers have. I don't know if you've seen what they've done with Garfield, but it's it's glorious because uh, Garfield's not funny. Like the comic strips, they're not funny. Like, not a not a single time has Garfield ever made anyone genuinely laugh. Because <laughs> if if that has happened, that person's the most boring person in the universe. I liked it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, have you read one recently? No, like, no. I they get don't a lot even of have delight. punchlines a lot of no. the time. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, I do get a lot also of delight the, out of the uh, the Garfield without, or no, the John without Garfield strips, though. Yes. Those are fucking fantastic. Those are great. Yes. Um, Heathcliff, on the other hand, I don't know if you know much about Heathcliff, the comic strip, because I know we had the Heathcliff cartoon when we were growing up. Right. And the Garfield and Friends cartoon was by far way funnier and way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, Heathcliff probably, you don't even remember that well, but the Heathcliff comic strip is also, uh, absolutely abysmally unfunny, but in <laughs> such a compelling way, just go look really? up some Heathcliff, uh, strips. I, I th- actually, I think they're just one panels, but go look them up, uh, and, and read them and see if you can get what the joke is most of the time. <laughs> Like, with Garfield, it's usually just the simplest possible joke. Like, anybody could have thought of it. Um, Uh But with Heathcliff, it's like, I don't know what this is supposed to mean. (laughs) It's like looking at, like, a a David Lynch one-panel comic. Right, yeah. (laughs) Just like, oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Really? Okay. Now I'm interested, dude. You've piqued my interest. I've got to check out some vintage Heathcliff when we're done. I do want to go back and watch Garfield and Friends again. Like, I did love that when I was a kid. I loved, I loved that, that as that a kid, shit, and I wonder if it's still good. Because I've like gone, you know, I've gone back and watched like DuckTales episodes and Rescue Rangers and stuff like that, and I'm always like, yeah, this is actually really cool. But I haven't, I haven't, because Garfield and Friends was one I, I watched like obsessively. If it was on, I wanted to watch it. What was the segment on there that was like the farm, where it was like a bunch of like farm right, animals yeah. and stuff? What was that? Those were the and friends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Barnyard you know, Buddies or something. I can't remember what it was called. I can't remember. But that that was actually the draw for me was that se- those segments. Those were funnier to me than the Garfield segments. Mm-hmm. But it, like it was a it was a tragedy as an adult the first time I like picked up a Garfield book and started looking through it and going, oh, oh, this isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! It's like <laughs> you you go back and read Calvin and Hobbes. It's like no, this is great. Amazing. But you go back and Garfield's like, mm, no, not worth it. Far side, still good. <laughs> oh, amazing. Garfield, no. Not so much. Okay, so cancel Garfield is what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah, and Andrew Garfield, too. Might as well. Just get them all. Just, wipe yeah. wipe a, any trace of a Garfield off the face of the earth. Which yeah, would President be shame, Garfield, get the oh, hell yeah, out of out. here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, man. Is a hella actor. Like I think yeah, I really was just sleeping on this guy. Uh, he mm-hmm. is really, really awesome. I also watched a little bit of that, the Eyes of Tammy Faye 
okay. uh, movie that they did. Kate and Jesse mm-hmm. watched that a while back, and I walked in on some of it, and he was amazing in that as well. Yeah. That's awesome, man. The, the Tick, Tick, Boom was good. You know, like, I'm not really a big musicals guy, exactly. Right. Uh, but that guy's entire story and uh, some of the musical bits and everything were, were really good. So definitely cool. interested in checking out Rent now. Rent is doing like a you know off Broadway production here in Knoxville before long. So now oh, I'm okay. ready. I'm ready for Rent. All right. So wait, did they do a song like this? If I'm thinking if I'm writing a musical about Rent, I would write a song that is about how long the song 525,600 minutes is. So I don't know how long that... Let's say it's three minutes and 17 seconds. Three minutes and 17 seconds. That is the song. (laughs) That would have been extremely clever, and I do think that they missed out on that chance. (laughs) They missed out. (laughs) They missed the fuck out, man. They should have called me. That's the problem. I'm here. Hollywood script doctor. Put them in the the Rolodex right there. Put them on speed dial. Mm Mm-hmm. Professional thick boy. <laughs> uh, we watched a documentary last night for Monday called Rewind. Okay. Wait, well, uh, what's this? Rewind, depending on Rewind. where you're from. Rewind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was really, really, really good, man. I think it's one of those that a lot of people should watch. Uh, okay. Heads up, I'm going to be talking about some child molesting here, so skip on oh, if you want. But boy. I think that it's a very, very good documentary, and I think especially people who have um, you know, been through that and survived it could probably mm-hmm. find a lot of hope in it because okay. it's about this case. It's like – I can't remember what they kind of like labeled it in the news, but it took place in the, in the 90s where basically it kind of came to, to light that this kid and his sister were being molested by several different people in the family. Oh, and it's all kind of told in the documentary by the main kid, Sasha, and a ton of old home movies because his dad like compulsively made home movies and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with that subject matter, it's very, very dark and very vile at times. But I don't think that that's really the point of this. Like, There's a lot of true crime documentaries where it's really just kind of there to tell you about the nastiest bits. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. And this is really, honestly, more of a story of of the courage that it took for this kid to do what he did and tell the truth and, um, you know, bring the people that were responsible to justice. Okay. So it's really more of a tale about courage and bravery and, um, hope. I would say. Okay. Rather than right. just being like, let's wallow in awful nasty details there are some nasty details in there to tell the story but it's not really about that so i think especially like i said if you've been through it it could probably be a really good message of hope so worth a watch man i think we watched it on it might have been on prime i want to say but yeah rewind be sure to check that one out rewind really well put together too all right other than that, I think the the only thing that we watched this week was the Super Bowl halftime show on the <laughs> YouTubes. I didn't watch the game uh, at all. I just don't really care about about football. But the halftime show, I kept hearing it was really good, and dude, it was it was fun. Listen, I'm coming. I'm coming to a point where I can be at peace with you people. But I'll just say it again. I think I've said it on the podcast before. If you went to a Beyonce concert and halfway through they brought out 22 men to play a little football, you'd be pissed. <laughs> so as a football be. fan, fuck the halftime show. It's just such <laughs> a waste. 
God, as a halftime fan, I'm glad. I'm glad people are watching. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, they could just show that concert, just have a concert, and then the end. Like, why don't they do that? Like, why? Why doesn't Disney or not Disney? Why doesn't like? Because like all these channels, they get so many viewers just because of the halftime show. Just do the fucking halftime show as a show. Make it a concert. Make a night of it. Yeah, because it seems like people want to see that. Dude, Go for it. I did want to see that, and it was really awesome. I mean, you had hear, like fucking yeah. Dre and Snoop and right. Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar was in there. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this: like, yes, it was '90s kid nostalgia, absolutely. Yes. Oh yeah. And it was also one of those like, holy fuck, I'm getting old. They're playing my songs on the Super Bowl to like appease my old ass. Yep. That was like a little bit sad for a second, but then I just got really happy again because it was awesome. And dude, I'll tell you this. <laughs> Considering all of the fucking fake ass phoned in completely to tracks Super Bowl halftime shows I've seen by like white rock musicians. Right. All the shit in this was fucking real. Like none of it was tracks. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there were some like, you know, keyboard tracks and stuff like that, but like all the vocal performances were real. Right. You could tell. It was like pitchy yeah. at times. It sounded like a human being. You could hear people getting out of breath. The musicians that were playing on stage were actually playing. Good. That's how it should be. 50 Cent was hanging upside down. He was just hanging the hell upside down. (laughs) Wasn't really sure about why. Nope. But he did it. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. But it was fun, man. uh, It was enjoyable. Yeah. And also the set design and stuff was incredible. I've only really seen clips on Twitter. I didn't. I haven't watched it yet um, because I, I was, in fact, watching Full Moon High through most of the Super Bowl. That's how dedicated I am to you people. You people. There you are using that term again. That's the second time in like five minutes. You people. What people Listen. are you talking about? You're going to get yourself canceled, Steve. <laughs> well, in this case, I'm talking about the Screaming Chat group. Oh, so, okay. Those people. Yeah. Okay. Those right, people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good, the good people, you mean. The cool people. Yeah, the good, cool people that are awesome and fun and uh, made Full Moon High a fun experience. But I did get to see the end of the game, um, and I was keeping track the whole time while we were watching the movie and just, like, kicking myself that I didn't just cancel it because it was, like, such a good game. Word, man. (laughs) Yeah, and the end was great. I mean, like, I I wanted Cincinnati to win, but uh, it was a good game, so... Dude, speaking of, like, stupid, you're getting canceled jokes, uh, watch the trailer for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, gosh, yeah. Not full of hope, I will say. I'm not full of hope about this. Um, They are absolutely, like, Halloween 2018-ing the fuck out of this, aren't they? And the fact that it comes out in two days and I'm, like, debating whether or not I'm even going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like... Uh, I don't uh, I mean, uh, I know. You know, one interesting thing, though, I mean, uh, the movie we're talking about today, uh, Seif Ever, um, uh, Kira, she's uh, she plays Sally Hardesty in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, there you go. Okay. So yeah, there is so that. That is cool. There's that connection. So that's interesting. I mean, <laughs> I it's Fanny Alvarez. It, I don't think. So I have it like a real little bad. bit of hope. It doesn't look good. That's the problem yeah. with it. Yeah, the yeah. problem with it is it doesn't look like it's going to be good. So Yeah, and that's the thing you need it to be is good. But I don't like yeah. previews, so I'm just going to assume maybe the preview doesn't sell it well. Maybe. And maybe 
all the people who've seen it up to this point and said it was terrible, uh, maybe they were wrong. Maybe. It could happen, man. It could happen. Did you watch the trailer for Nope, the new uh, Jordan Peele movie? I didn't watch that yet. Man, I'm an idiot. I like Emily uh, sent it to me uh, on Sunday, and I I don't remember why I sat down to watch it and then didn't end up watching it. it. How's it look? I am excited. I am definitely excited yeah. about it. Yeah, like, well, the I'm, way that the trailer kind of starts, no yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I think I know what this is going to be. And mm-hmm. then it changes, and you're like, oh, wait, this is not what the fuck I thought this was going to okay. be. I, I kind of cool. wish that I, you know, I would have saved that for when I actually saw the movie. But now that I know a little bit more about the subject matter of what this movie is kind of dealing with, the more I'm like, oh, dude, I would love to see Jordan Peele cover this idea. So I'm intrigued. Okay. I think it looks really, really dope. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Listen, Steve, do you hear something on the horizon? What is it? What is Listen, that? Y- use your listening ears and see if you can. I'm listening. See if you can what hear. Is it? Legolas, what do your elf eyes hear? <laughs> oh, it's the snap of a cold, cold beer. Hey, listen to this. That's oh. the snap of a spicy, spicy water. <laughs> Look out, Steve. That was the refreshing snap of a freshly uh-huh. opened hop yum IPA by Foothills Brewing. Okay. And it's going to be tasty. You ever had this guy before? I have not. I've had some Foothills Brewing, but I have not had that one. It's mighty nice, and uh, it comes in one of those big old tall, like, it's like a 19.2 ounce can. Yeah, I love that some uh-huh. beer companies now are doing these, like, big 20s. I think that's awesome. Yeah. I wonder why 19.2. Why know, is right? that the choice? Because it would be a lot more fun to, like, you know, show up to somebody's house or something with like two of them and be like, I'm rolling on 20s. Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. And you just showed your 90s kid uh, uh, cred there. I did, didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rolling, rolling on, on 19.2s doesn't really yeah. have the same ring to it, does it? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Steve, I'll tell you what, this here movie, what we're talking about today. Yeah. Is a Seafaver. Seafaver. And it's a movie that we couldn't think up really anything to do for Preview Palace. So you know what that means. <laughs> it's FAQ time, baby, as we slide yeah. on in to the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace. Yeah, that's, uh, that's damn right. That's the name of what we're doing right here. That's the name of this shit. That's yeah. what we do. That's what we yeah. call it. And we have harvested questions from our loyal and lovely Patreon community, Facebook group, just all over the place where we have social media presences. We are here to answer your questions, and you guys have some good ones. So many good ones, in fact, that's kind of hard not to do them all. We're going to try to lightning round these and get in as many as we can because there are some dynamite questions out there. Yes, there are. Uh, our buddy Clint Myers asks, is there a combination of movie genres that either hasn't been done or just hasn't been done well that you would like to see? For example, a sci-fi musical. Ooh, that's now, a fun question, right? Like For some reason, in my head, the thing that first springs to mind, and I don't even know why because it's not anything I'm like dying to see exactly, but man, I would love to see a really well done movie you know, werewolves versus vampires movie that isn't fucking Twilight or fucking Underworld. Underworld, right. Because that's something that like just hasn't really been done all that well. I'm not exactly dying to see it, but it would be cool. I'll tell you what would be fucking rad. This just hit me just now. Okay. And actually, you know what? There's sort of two different ways you could do this. Okay. 
a zombie movie set in prehistoric times. So that way we could have fucking zombie T-Rexes or zombie mammoths, zombie cavemen and shit like that. That uh-huh. would be fucking sick. I just want to see a goddamn zombie dinosaur. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'd like that. Or maybe Jurassic um, Park with zombies. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I Yeah, like, just... <laughs> Jurassic Park's already got the problem of the, the dinosaurs get out, but also one of them was bit by a zombie. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for yeah, that. It's great. I like that. Um... You know, I'm I'm just thinking that maybe I'd like to see, the, uh, you know, whenever Zack Snyder announced the zombie heist, uh, what was that called? Blah, blah, blah of the Dead. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ar- Army of the Dead. No, was that it? I don't know. I never watched that shit. Fuck. Anyway, when I heard there was going to be a zombie heist movie, I, like, I was so pissed because I had been working out a ghost heist movie. Ooh. I really do think like a horror heist movie is something that needs to happen and needs to be done well. Dude, you're exactly fucking right. I love heist movies, and obviously mm-hmm. I love fucking horror movies. Yeah, put them together. That would be sick, and it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, you have to fucking go in here into the the palace of the dead and steal the, the fucking heart of whatever to disarm the entire zombie army or some shit. Like, you could get yeah. cool with that. You know, and actually, now that I think about it, I guess 13 Ghosts kind of has that as like a, a a bit going on. Like Matthew Lillard is trying to get something out of this house that is kind of like a maze. And, and so that's kind of there. And I, I love that element. I love that bit. 13 Ghosts is fun. We need to do it on the show sometime. But yeah. I really I do want it to be focused on the heist and to have the heist movie tropes. Yeah. You know. But a horror movie. I'm here um, for that. Yeah, that would be fun. All right. Numero dos. Jake Raymore asks, where do you two think there's a giant glaring hole in the landscape of horror, thrillers, and monsters? Mm, I still feel like there's not enough great werewolf movies. Like, truly great. Like, we have American Werewolf in London. Uh-huh. And there's a couple others that are, like, fun, obviously, like yeah. Silver Bullet, uh-huh. um, shit like that, The Howling. But a really, truly great, like, terrifying, fucking sick-ass werewolf movie, I feel like hasn't been done in damn 30 years. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think, yeah, a lot, a lot of werewolf movies are pretty much just the same thing over and over. I think Late Phases is uh, an interesting take on it. That's, that's okay. been maybe 10 years since that was made um uh yeah i can't really think of one that i uh, well i mean dog soldiers was great but again that yep. was 2000 that's 20 years ago 22 years ago so geez yeah yeah it's you're right like the werewolf genre i think werewolves and vampires both can get just boring because it's totally. the same stuff over and over same shit over and over yep. yeah yeah uh, for me, I really want a good mermaid horror movie. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, dude, because the concept of a fucking half fish, half person yeah. is really scary. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, and the idea, like, you know, there, there's a ton of different ways you could go with it. And there have been mermaid horror movies, but they're all low budget things. And I don't know. I think. 
the idea of a mer- like it, it might have to be more of an A24 style flick. The idea of mermaids like you know it it may not be just like a a creature killing, more like a creature seducing. And there may be some, you know, more of a slow burn to it, I would think, would be the mm-hmm. way I would want a mermaid movie to be. Yeah, I say yeah. this all the time, but like I've sat down and tried to think out how would I write a mermaid movie and I can't come up with it. So I think like I get why it hasn't been done yet. It's there's it's a problem hard. Needs solving there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'd love I'd love to see a really good mermaid movie. Mm. The cool thing um, about it is too is if it was really pursued right, we could finally get the answer to that question of like with a mermaid, where does the flaky fish meat of the body stop? And the uh-huh. more striated white or red human meat begin. Like, and is there some kind of weird land, like where the fish body joins the human body, where it's like kind of both? It's it's like surf and turf in one bite. I don't know. <laughs> I gotta know. <laughs> that sounds like it would be the real delicacy too. Like, kind of a kind of a porky fl- flavor, but with like flakiness to it. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> mermaid what... pork of the sea. <laughs> Pork of the sea. <laughs> I gotta know. All right. Ryan Joyner asks Ryan. if you had unlimited Joyner. budget. I barely know her. Huh? <laughs> huh? 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 Okay. What's he got? If you had unlimited budget and complete creative control, which movie would you remake and why? Oh, The Love Witch, obviously. (laughs) I would remake The Love Witch where she is driving a Dragula. She has green skin, a wart on her nose, a big hat, (laughs) and she cackles a lot more. Duh. My version would be so much better. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Um, obviously. Give me the money. Let me do it. I'll fucking loom a rug. I don't give a shit. I think of like... What's like a recent disappointment? Halloween Kills recently disappointed me. You know what? Yeah, and you're you're doing one for the honor of horror right there. I'm doing one for yeah. personal vendetta, but you're doing right. it for the for the greater good and that is probably right. a better approach, man. That movie needs a fucking second swing. Yeah. I don't know how much of it I would change. Probably just give everybody irons. Everybody. Like that. Every Everybody's man and woman that lady and child. with the iron. Uh-huh. Yep. I love it, find out What if we fucking find out that that is actually Michael Myers' like weakness? That oh lady knew it. She knew. Like, that's that's going to be the angle of the last Halloween ends. It's going to start with that lady like reading in a, an ancient tome about stopping <laughs> Michael Myers <laughs> with an iron. There's something like way back in the cult of Thorn about like yeah. and they were killed with a heated iron prod and she's like oh heated iron I got one of those I can save this fucking town that would be amazing too like that scene where everybody's like encircled Michael Myers at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and they're like pummeling him and stuff but instead everybody yeah. has irons and it's just like tsst, tsst, like everybody's just kind of like tapping him on him uh huh I'd like and that then it, it like pulls back and we see that his uh, his jumpsuit looks perfectly pressed. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's great. Thanks guys. <laughs> Maybe every now and then he's like he's like secretly kind of like spraying a little bit of starch on those hard to to iron right. out points. <laughs> oh, give me get over here. Right over here. Yeah. <laughs> like All that. right. I'm here for that. Uh-huh. Okay. This is from Nicole Davis. 
How did you both end up progressives after being raised in a more conservative ways? Ooh, ooh, I like this question. This is uh, this mm-hmm. is in the the realm of real life horror. How did we become liberals? That's a good I'm question. I'm not a liberal. I am a communist. But okay, hey, get out of yeah. here, man. We, you, you want to invite the the fucking uh, 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 the red scare into this place? Go, go on, get. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> how did We're that? How did that start? How'd that start with you, Ben? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was raised extremely conservative. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say extremely conservatively. I mean, we had you know people in our lives that lived on a mountain and had an outhouse and no outside communication. I was. So they were that a bit more conservative. <laughs> yeah, they were the crazy ones for sure. But I was raised right. in a in a conservative household, and um, you know, funny enough. I think a lot of the stuff that kind of turned me into who I am is like actually following the stuff that we were being taught from the right. Bible that Jesus talked about. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> hey, here's a crazy idea. Love people. Hang mm. out with the people that aren't already Christians because Christians don't need Christians. People that right. aren't Christians need Christians. Mm-hmm. Be nice to each other. Be a basic human tenants and stuff. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of doing what they told me to, like, you know, respecting mm-hmm. women, not holding mm. prejudices and stuff. Like, I was kind of right. just doing what they said, but they weren't doing. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. I'd say that that also is true of me, though I wasn't raised Christian. It was like all all the things that we were being taught yeah. in school and stuff about, you know, re- respecting other people and treating people well, et cetera. I was like, yeah, that, yes. Sounds good. Yes sounds doable Do that, right yep and then the funny thing is too is even a lot of the the very you know christian textbooks and stuff that i was using for homeschool just kind of revealed some basic human truths to me like i, I remember in one of my like literature books there's this whole section in there about like uh like thoreau and humanism right and this entire mm-hmm. like wave of of uh thinking and writing where it was just like these people just believe in being good without even having the promise of uh, uh, afterlife in heaven. Can you believe how crazy that is? And I was I like, know. I think these people are being gooder than good, actually, because they're doing yeah. it without a reward. I was like, that mm-hmm. sounds actually better than the people that are like just not raping and murdering because they're scared to go to hell. Like, I I definitely remember like reading those parts in that that uh, literature book and being like. Actually, this is making sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a... I definitely like Thoreau and Emerson... Yep, yep. ...were introduced to me in, in high school. And that was kind of... Yeah, some of that definitely influenced me. Um, and then I also that mo- meeting that heathen wife of mine, of course. Oh, yeah. She introduced me to the ways of, of, of drugs and sex and rock and roll. That definitely helped. Because all those things are really fun. I would also blame my wife a little bit. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, I I definitely, like, um, I would say, yeah, some of the same stuff you said, like, uh, reading for myself had a lot to do with it. Like, especially, uh, you know, just like, just like now uh, with the banning of books that's going on in our, our oh, Jesus, state dude. of Tennessee... Um, the books that I was told I couldn't read, I, I wanted to read. So, uh, I, I read, uh, Karl Marx didn't really understand much, but what a lot of it stuck. 
Um, I read the this uh, Satanic Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that, I mean, you know, that taught me a lot about yeah, just generally respecting other people. Honestly, where it's yeah. just like, <laughs> uh, you know, you don't have to be worried about some hell or whatever. You should probably just treat people good because that's the right way to be. Imagine um, that. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, reading did a lot for me, um, but then yeah, experience I think, because like you know you said uh, uh, respecting women, which was something that we were definitely told to do, but the way that they meant it is different than actual respect for women. Yeah, they meant let them finish the dishes in peace alone while you're in the living room. Right, or open the door for them, or things like that. Not, yeah. Not, yeah, not necessarily, like, actual respect. Uh, so, yeah, like, I think a lot of what happened was I took the words as they were, and I thought them through, and it was like, well, to respect women, you actually would have to listen to them to know what it is they want you to do. Cause Treat you're them not more showing like people, someone you res- mean. Right. <laughs> you're not showing someone respect by forcing... Uh, these certain gestures on them like opening the door for them or not cussing in front of them or whatever like those were the things we were taught but those weren't that's not respect it's respect if someone asks you not to cuss in front of them but generally i don't think most people give a fuck um yeah so like it really was it was like just investigating the things i'd been taught and applying logic beyond that it um, works and it works yeah so um i don't yeah i don't really know how people end up conservative because the amount of like logic you have to ignore like the amount, and the amount of, of people you have to dislike that sounds yeah. exhausting like it seems dude, like it yeah in the grand scope of things where you're like all right there's a, how many billions of people on earth all right i gotta hate all the gay ones <laughs> right <laughs> Some of the ones what skin doesn't look like mine. Uh, definitely yeah. the women. I, I can't like them. Like, golly, that is you know, very actually, limiting for your friends group and also just sounds exhausting. I would I would attribute my um, uh, uh, respect for the LGBTQ community uh, from uh, drugs. Oh. I, yeah, did a lot of club drugs in the late 90s. And guess uh, who else was in the club? A lot of gay men and gay women and i got to be friends with them and realize like there's absolutely nothing wrong with any of this all the people who said this when i was growing up are wrong yeah uh experience again it just had to be the experience anytime you meet someone who's very closed off to ideas they're generally not experiencing new things they're not meeting new people they've never yeah, they've never even had the experience of knowing a gay person in any way. Nope. Yeah. All they know is they don't want them sharing a bathroom with us. We gotta keep right. them out the <laughs> bathrooms. Yeah. God, these. So yeah, people. I think those are the things that uh, definitely made me become progressive and eventually just admit that I was a godless heathen and yep. uh communist so it's easy this way honestly it's just a lot easier <laughs> yeah. i have a lot more free time so it's yeah good for me it's so much easier for sure yeah. i all like right. that question great question yeah um all right 
Are there any movies you'll never cover on the show? Asked Sean Gilbert. Oh yeah, yeah, def. definitely. There's, there's definitely <laughs> yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's stuff the Jeepers that, like, Creepers sequels. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, you know. No. It's, and I know that somebody out there is like, well, hang on, you guys did like Rosemary's Baby. By yeah, we talked the, the about that on that episode. Plansky. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I think and, we. There's a different reasoning. Uh, there Jeepers is. Creepers is is a movie where a man who is convicted of raping a child basically plays out the fantasy of being a child rapist um, yeah, and flaunts uh, it in your face and people gave him money to do it even though they right. knew that's what yeah. he was actively still doing like right. no, we're not doing those fucking movies on the show i don't no, want to i don't want to like give that guy a stream revenue or god forbid rent or pay for one of those movies so no nah, fuck those no. those will no. never happen um uh, there's Are there things ones that I'll, you I'll wouldn't never, do? Yeah, yeah. Like I'll, I'll never do Irreversible. I know that's not really okay. a horror movie exactly, but right? Yeah, it's just so fucking scarring. Like, no, I never want to no. do that. Okay. Um, Serbian film, like stuff that's just made just <sighs> yeah. to be fucked up. Like that's not even going to be a fun talk on the show. Like, no, it wouldn't be fun at all. No, um, like I'm sorry, Joey. I know you're listening to that, and you're like, damn it, but <laughs> Joey Glacken definitely loves dude, Serbian no. film. No, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't want to watch that. That is clearly made just to be gross out stuff. No, it I'm is. just not really into that. It is. I um I I would cover that film, but if you won't, we won't. Um, nah, I but I don't see. Yeah, I don't see what the value would be. I wonder what the episode would be. Um, yeah, there there aren't a lot I can think of other than just not wanting a terrible terrible person to get money because yeah. we talked about a movie. Yep, that's the <laughs> so, biggest thing. Yep, that's it. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay. This is. I think we've probably talked about this before, but uh, PJ Clayton asks, what's the weirdest, craziest horror film you've seen? Ooh. I got to think on this one a little bit. Yeah. I mean, weirdest, hmm. Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind for me, maybe because I have seen it fairly recently for the first time, is Possession. Possession is fucking Bonkers. Okay, I that have not seen is, that one. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't wait for you to watch this movie. It is so, so fucking strange, man. Yeah. Uh, it is nuts. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, I'm sure there's probably other things I'm forgetting about. Maybe they'll hit me in a second. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, it's hard for me to say ultimate weirdest. I think of Rubber as a really weird, yeah. weird <laughs> movie. But I here's the thing about Rubber is Emily and I watched it just on a whim streaming in like way back in the day around the time it came out um i watched it and i was like this is hilarious and absurd and i had a great time and i have never heard anyone say they like rubber everybody's like i hate that fucking movie and i don't get it i don't get why they hate it it's weird as fuck but i don't get why they hate it there's a new uh, one that's out about like a pair of killer pants that seems kind of similar oh, slacks. In premise slacks. Yeah, 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 yeah i watched yeah, yeah. that one Slacks is good. I like nice. Slacks. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, she also asked, what's been your fave episode of DNL? So my favorite episode of this podcast, I don't know. 
it, it may be the Wraith episode because we were so <laughs> drunk. I'll have to listen to it again to remember yeah. that one. Yeah, because I don't I remember. There. Yeah, <laughs> We got <laughs> lit up fucking drunk on that episode. Plus, yeah. that's just that's such a, a wonderful piece of shit movie. That was definitely mm. a fun one. I mean, I, I would say... Like really early on, I think like doing like The Exorcist and stuff was really fun. Oh yeah, that was, was like, a fun one. Yeah, yeah, I was like, this is us looking deep into movies and finding stuff, and it's really, it's like, wow, we might be onto something here. That was yeah. a fun one. Yeah, um, I'll say as well as like other episodes where we got to do, yeah some like mega interpretive dives on stuff like The Shining, The Babadook, uh-huh. yeah, um, Mother, whatever when was on the show. Those Mother, really that fun. was fun. Um, oh, uh, it fucking. Definitely the Mothman Prophecies episode because I love any time I get to talk to Corey. So yeah, that was a fun was a one fun right time. there, man. That was definitely. Oh, good. and our th- fuck yeah, the stuff too. Oh, with Roger. <laughs> that episode was so fun because again we got drunk. so drunk. <laughs> D on that episode, man. Yes. Oh my god, yeah, that was definitely yeah. a fun one. And I loved yeah. um, shit. There was one that I was gonna say. Oh yeah, any of the the Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings episodes. Oh yeah, especially those the Harry Potter fun. three one, dude. That one <laughs> is disgusting and gross and so (laughs) fun oh man yeah Yeah, that that was was a really fun one and the lord of the rings ones i mean those are just a given of course i got to watch lord of the rings and then talk about it yeah Yeah. and we talked like forever and people listened to it for some reason like a lot (laughs) yeah uh nathan uh james paulette asks what is something that you wish you had known or been aware of when you first started your podcast um, okay, oh. first things first, turn the, the, the fucking music down. We had a lot of like pretty obnoxiously loud soundtrack on some of those early episodes that I was editing because yeah. I was, I was kind of dealing with ambient noise that we weren't really sure how to control. Yeah. We were doing it all super long distance. That's when you were in LA. Yeah, and I, like, the, I was using that um, Guitar Hero microphone. Oh, yeah, uh, the karaoke yeah. one, right. I forgot Which about surpi- that. Which surprisingly sounded good. <laughs> it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. It sounds all right, man. Yeah, and I, I kind of started to cover up a lot of the um, you know, ambient noise and noise gate clipping and stuff with, yeah. with soundtrack, which is kind of fun to be like, cool, I need to make some good long loops of things to put behind the episodes, and that was fun, but I think it's obnoxiously loud in those old episodes. I wish I could go yeah. back and nuke that. Yeah, we definitely, we've got a better balance now on that. But, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how general that uh, would be for most podcasters. I don't know if everybody uses a backing track. But uh, I, I would say, like, one of the things that I wish I knew was don't use uh, SoundCloud as your host. Mm, because yeah. they don't connect to several of the distribution uh, things like Spotify. Uh, so we originally were on SoundCloud and now we're on Podbean, which is great. Um, and w- yeah, we couldn't use, we couldn't get our, our show on Spotify for like the first two years, which is a big portion of a podcast audience, honestly. So for sure, right? Yeah. If you're starting a podcast, uh, be sure to not use SoundCloud. Um, Anything I'll, else? Uh, I'll also say too the other thing I would add is like I I edited the first how many episodes of the show would you say? When did you take over? Oh, you probably edited the first like fifty something or so. Yeah. So, so like the first the first year I'd say like first year and a half you were doing yeah. it. 
Yeah. I uh, I wish I could get all those hours of my life back where I was obsessively trying to <laughs> yes. nuke like any pauses in conversation. Like I, I did a lot. Oh man, me And sometimes too. I had to do a lot of editing on those episodes due to the long distance thing and right. I was like dealing with lag and my country ass internet that was really slow. Right. But there were so many things that I would just obsessively cut out any kind of like like that tiny pause I just took right there, I would have cut that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, dude, yeah. you could get hours and hours and hours and hours of your life back if you realized people don't really give a shit right. about human sounding progression in speech. So yeah, that too. Give it's a little real, less of a shit. Yeah, it it's it's real rare you need to cut something. I do cut mouth noises still. Um, it's never a problem on your end. It is a problem on my end, though. I, <laughs> I you're make chawing on some some red man chaw over there, aren't <laughs> yep. you? Got your spit cup around, all that stuff. I, I get some lip smacks and stuff in there, and I know that uh, my wife would be annoyed by them. So in my head, it's like, well, I got to take them out because I know she's gonna listen. Happy um, wife, happy, happy life. life. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else uh i would say also like don't don't uh think too much about it just do it hell no huh yeah just do yeah. it sure just do it just get to it um you'll figure it out in time that's what uh, happened to us as you said like the exorcist episode was when we found out what our podcast was so yeah. we were like 10 episodes in before we actually figured out what we were doing <laughs> oh that's another thing i'd say too like the the walk through the movie format it just doesn't yeah. really need to exist. Like no, we did that for the first maybe yeah. fifteen or so episodes, and then yeah. we were just kind of like, "What if we just did talking points?" I want to say yeah. like Killer Clowns might have been the first episode where we were just talk- talking about bullet points about stuff we right. wanted to talk about, and yeah. not holding your hand and walking you through the movie. Like so many shows yeah. do that. It's just like the world doesn't need more of that, man. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, have fun. Uh, that's that's what we do we have fun fun. or you could just make one of those serious podcasts but why yeah i guess maybe because they make a lot of money (laughs) oh yeah that's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay um okay this is an interesting one jeffrey paul crest says do any movies make you think they made a movie about me (laughs) um and i already i just talked about this on the love witch episode yeah the, the the english professor that gets killed they made a movie about me and that is exactly how it would go down got killed by a dang old witch huh yep yeah that was you now ben i can think of one for you immediately but i don't know if you have one on deck i I do the one i'm thinking of is is the movie we're covering next week slumber party massacre too boom there you go okay i mean drill guitar guys you that's absolutely me. That is uh-huh. my, my vision for myself when I grow up. 100%. I think that there's there's probably something that I'm I'm forgetting about, but like the first thing that came to mind for me was whenever whenever we watched Mother and talked about that one and I realized that the the man in the movie is that is that yeah. Javier Bardem is that him? Javier Bardem, yeah. I talked about it on the episode where I was like I was watching the movie and I was like man this guy is this like self-obsessed I create stuff I don't really mm-hmm. care who it fucks up and gets in the way I'm just right in my own shit all the time and pissing people off um, <laughs> I watched that and I was like this guy is such an asshole and I am like that sometimes <laughs> sometimes meaning a lot of the times I watched that and I was like I need to make some changes because this is what I do sometimes meaning most of the time and it's 
not the best. <laughs> no, it's not great. No. <laughs> but how are you gonna get stuff done? It's fine. You know. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh, Grayson asks. Oh, by the way, that another uh really fun episode was uh, the Black Swan episode Black with Swan, Grayson. Yeah, that yeah. was a fun one. Um, Mary fuck kill father son and Holy Spirit. <laughs> 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 well, I think this one's simple. All right. So you you definitely gonna kill the son, because that's like his whole deal, right? Mm, that's you're true. not he's even supposed li- to. Yeah, he's supposed to he's supposed to die. So that's fine. And then I'm gonna marry God because then I got like all the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes like, sense. Yeah. And then uh I'm gonna fuck the Holy Spirit, because who doesn't want to fuck a ghost? I mean, Dan Aykroyd made it look like a lot of fun to get it a ghost blowjob. It looked great, right? <laughs> I'm with you. 100%. That is exactly how I would answer that as well. Solid. Solid choices. <laughs> this is the best question I think we could end on, Ben. Who would okay. win in a wrestling match between Ari Aster and Robert Eggers? Ooh. And would it be a lighthouse match or Atastupa match? <laughs> oh, wait. What is Atastupa? <laughs> That's the uh, the thing where the they throw the old people off the... Oh, things, right? oh, my God. He threw <laughs> him off the cliff. Right. He's broken in half. Golly, dude. Either one of those, like a match at the top of a lighthouse would be yeah. fucking rad and so mad phallic. Uh-huh. Okay. I think that Robert Eggers is coming at this like an old school pugilist. I think that he's okay. got a handlebar mustache. He's got the fist of cuffs in the air. He's like kind of, you know, they did that sort of like rotating circular thing with their fists. Like, get over here, you scallywag, so I may hit you with a singular thrust before uh-huh. I blast you with my blunderbuss. <laughs> like, right. I think that's how Eggers is coming into the match. How do you think uh, Ari Aster is going in here? Do you think he's going the psychological route? He's like, oh, yeah. But tell me yeah, about your mom. Is he like going at it at the head exactly. games? He's a real Jake the Snake type. Like he's gonna cut a promo that just scares the shit out of Robert Eggers. Where like <laughs> he's really just like first. yeah, digging into like his relationship with his mother and like, maybe even like sli- slowly convincing himself that he had sex with his father. Oh my god, like, dude! The strange thing about the Johnsons. <laughs> Whoa! So like Eggers going into the match is already just so psychologically shook. Yeah, it's like. You'd yeah. be like, I, I wasn't even able to lift my large triangular weights in preparation for this contest of strength. <laughs> I feel as though I've been tied to the train track. <laughs> oh, by the way, watch the trailer for his new movie with like Bjork and all them in it. Uh-huh. Holy fuck, it looks sick. I'm so hey, stoked. Uh, guess what? Um, uh, Kira, <laughs> who is in this movie, is in that movie. God damn, what? <laughs> What? That bitch everywhere. She is all over the place this that year. Bitch yeah. Everywhere, man. Damn. She was it's also hard in to... Mandy. I don't know if you remember that. Oh but... yeah. That's what I recognized yeah. her from. I was like, that's that's the chick from the, the cult in Mandy too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Damn. I don't know yeah. who would win this match. I think it really could go either way. Yeah. I think like um I think you got an advantage in the lighthouse for Eggers because he's like He's he's already driven himself insane, contemplating Ooh, yeah. lighthouses. Mm-hmm, so that's true. no matter what it is that uh, Ari Aster's trying to do, <laughs> he's already insane. Damn, that's, it's gonna make him go double insane, which is gonna actually increase his uh, chances of winning. Dude, 
That's a yeah. really, really great point, yeah. Because you can't fucking drive the man mad who's what's already insane, right? Yeah. You just, I you like that. Do? Drive him sane? You can't. Can't do it, man. He's going to be all up on him. You know what he's going to do? He's going to fucking beat Ari Aster against a rock like he was a damn old seagull. <laughs> what he's going to do. Just That's smash a brutal him. fucking move. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no coming back from that one, Ari. No, Sorry, bud. No, not at all. The pugilist takes it home, and then he's gonna he's gonna uh, just wheel away on his penny farthing and uh, enjoy a sarsaparilla, I guess. T- tip his hat to a, a lady as he passes by. Yeah, Man, uses winnings to great. buy a new monocle. I don't know. <laughs> The old monocle just wasn't cutting it anymore. Wasn't doing it's not it a fashion. anymore, man. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how it goes. I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> well, there we go. Thank you for your questions. Killer. Uh, and and uh, uh, sorry that we didn't get to all of them, but uh, we're like an hour 15 into the podcast at this point, so we should probably get to the movie discussion. All right, fine, fine. Let's talk about Seif Ever. Okay. Seif ever. This come out during that, that dang old pandemic that's over now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's um, over. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, it hit the Toronto International Film Festival in September of 2019. So technically, when it hit the film festival, there was no pandemic. Um, it was a good world. It was before Biden. And then it came out in April of 2020 when the pandemic was going um which is why i think so many critics said this reminds me of the pandemic uh yeah. because now th- uh here we are uh what uh, year three of the pandemic <laughs> and um this doesn't remind me of the pandemic but at the beginning nah. of the pandemic everything reminded us of the pandemic because know, that's right? all that we had going on yeah 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 pretty much man yeah i don't really think that this is at all no. Uh, it reminding me of anything pandemic related it's like yeah there's a part I mean, where they say like, we need to do some tests like you need to test uh-huh. us but i was like oh that's kind of like the thing you know? yeah that's much more like the thing and it's like yeah they're they're trying to avoid an outbreak okay that okay but like um, a ton of movies do that so yeah not yeah. all of them are the pandemic um, and this is a movie i'd never even heard of this is a, a patreon suggestion yeah right? uh-huh yeah yeah carry, from the carry, smoking bowl back uh but uh so yeah, th- this is not one I had heard of either, and it's funny that we've now done two sea monster movies in a row. I know, right? Um, what are the odds? Yeah, but I this one, it's interesting to me, again, that I hadn't heard of this, because it's solid, Like, and I like sea movies, I like sea creature movies. This is a boat core movie, that's always fun. Like, boat core, toot toot, tugboat. Like, yeah, I, I was surprised I hadn't heard about this one. And uh, also, yeah, d- just like pleasantly surprised by watching it. It's, um, I, I, you know, I don't think it's as good as, say, Sweetheart, which nah. we did last week, but uh, I enjoyed it. And yeah. it's got some really cool fucking shit. Yeah, it does have some cool stuff. There are things in this movie that I don't think got, uh, you know, enough attention or maybe just kind of got a little bit half-baked throughout the movie. Hmm. I've got some issues with it, but I, I will say it was like overall kind of a surprise where I was like, okay, this is pretty solid. It's got some cool yeah. stuff in there. It's got some great visuals, uh, some great acting and stuff in there from the cast uh-huh. overall, yeah. which yeah. the cast, like, 
we were talking earlier and I was like, yeah, I don't know who any of these people are. And you're like, these people are in a lot of things. I just yep. didn't recognize them with their accents on, I guess, because I'm right. stupid. <laughs> no, but it, I, I also felt the same way watching it. It was like, this feels like a group of of uh, people you haven't seen before, but you definitely have. You've seen Connie Nielsen. You've seen uh, Hermione Corfield. She was in fucking uh, The Last Jedi and stuff like and they, here I thought Hermione was just a name that J.K. Rowling made up. You tell me people's actually <laughs> named. Now, wait, was she named after the books? I bet she probably, was. Probably, yeah, that's, that's probably it. I figured. Her I parents, figured much. I, I don't know how old she is, but probably, probably in her 20s, so I would assume her parents <laughs> were like, you know, those books that, that just came out. We, we already named this baby, but like, what if we changed the name? Maybe we change hmm? it. Yeah. Um, but yes, this is a, a solid group of, of actors you've seen in things before. Yeah. But also they can kind of blend into feeling like a, a crew of people that, that feels like not a bunch of actors. It does just feel as you're watching it, like this is a genuine crew of people. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so what that I was, I was really kind well. of like, I was kind of hanging on to as like maybe a critique where I was like, okay, these characters aren't necessarily like super different from each other like i wouldn't say that there's the jock the funny one the rebel <laughs> the nerd like it's not like the breakfast club on a boat basically and part of me no. wants to wants to hold that back and be like oh the characters aren't really distinct enough and then i'm like i don't know probably if it's a bunch of people on a boat they're probably pretty similar it's probably pretty similar interests i yeah. love to be on a boat they all probably say Right, we yeah, that's kind of. They all say <laughs> it's kind of more like uh, a fish out of water in, in that sense, where it's like they're all comfortable with each other. They're all similar. They have like a, a you know shorthand with each other, and then she's coming into this, and she's already like not good uh, at making friends. Like we're introduced to Siobhan as she's at a birthday party, sitting in a different room working. Uh, <laughs> like she's just anti-social uh and and as soon as she's introduced to this crew like they're all like cool with each other and stuff and she is standoffish and blunt with them um but like they they don't they don't react the way i think a lot of people would to her mm -hmm. yeah like they're st they're pretty like um I'd, I'd say they're pretty relaxed in their reactions to her bluntness uh, because it seems like they are all just so comfortable with each other, they're not really worried or concerned about her opinion of them. Oh yeah, um, it so also that reminds me like a lot of of times that I've like gone out and done short tours and stuff with bands that I didn't really know all that well, and right. they totally had their own dynamic and all that jazz, and I was the outsider. Like it kind of has that vibe where you're like, okay, all these people are connected. This is just another day at the office for them. Right. She's the fish out of water, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and like. I, I like that the character is initially kind of unlikable. Like, a little bit. She's she's not she's super focused on her work, which is commendable because she she just really loves what she does. But she yeah she's not a good with people. She doesn't really try to be good with people. Um, she she's definitely like standoffish, even as an audience member. You just feel like how do i feel about this person but yeah. she slowly becomes she opens up more and becomes uh, uh better at interacting with them and becomes much more 
connectable, I think, by the end. By the end, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she starts out as, as a character who doesn't have any friends and by the end she's sacrificing herself for humanity so like that's a pretty that's a pretty big shift she she changes a good bit yeah and and i kind of found her her character to be a little bit a little bit inconsistent in that way i mean i get that this character has to have this change but it's like ultimately this change is taking place over the the course of how many days does this entire movie take place over a couple days uh well no it's like the it it seems like yes the movie takes place over a couple of days but the the bit leading up to them actually coming in contact with the creature and all that stuff they there's like a montage of days mm-hmm. that goes yeah. on so she, and then like uh i think uh freya says at one point that they're like 7 days from shore or whatever so it it's they're been a little out, yeah. bit yeah. yeah but all we see is that so what we see is kind of like a montage of her being uh standoffish and then they you know they send her down in the scuba gear and that kind of earns their respect at that point that she was brave enough to do that but yeah she she is still kind of standoffish after that even though there's like been some progression but yeah, yeah I, I think it yeah, I I mean it's you could say inconsistency but you could also say it's like growing, you know, you, she's learning, she's getting better, but she's not she's not there yet. And and by the you know, by the end of the movie she's completely different. Um mm. so I, I yeah, it, it is a a big shift and it, it happens is. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean cuz to me it's like to go from like I'm too scared to eat a meal with y'all, I'll snap right. in my bunk to being like Get over here. I'm a kiss on you. I know what yeah, I'm doing. That, I'm a studier. Yeah, a, that is a big, like, like cataclysmic shift in her character at that point. Where, but like, the movie is I also pretty short, too, you know? Like, it it's is. also short. Yeah. It, it's not, yeah, it doesn't outstay its welcome, though it does have pacing issues, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I definitely do think it has some pacing issues in there. Also, too, just think that. Another inconsistency in there is that she is like this, you know, very, very trained, very astute student, trained scientist. Uh huh. But then there's also just those kind of like typical horror movie moments where it's like, hey, there's something drilling a hole in the boat. Um, poke it with your bare fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they have gloves, dude. They show us there's gloves I know, on the boat. Yeah, the, the engineer guy doesn't poke it with his bare finger. He uses like a, like a, a screwdriver. But I, I think that was kind of to show that like she she is so familiar with like sea creatures and stuff she sees this and doesn't uh, doesn't assume that it's it's going to be you know um acidic or whatever she she knows that this may be something bad but she she's a little more comfortable with it than all the other people are but i think you're right because like that that just doesn't seem like something a scientist would do right yeah so you're saying you think she was about one step away from being like it's levio saw right <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's like little inconsistency there I also suggest as a drinking game uh take a fucking uh shot of 151 every time she says i study behavior patterns <laughs> like she, she says that like a that million a times yeah, she i does. study patterns of behavior like yeah. a million times yeah. like, yes i recall that 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so yeah, there's there there are moments I agree with you where it's just like, well, you know, that, that's a weird choice to make. Uh, I also bit. I also felt like. I don't know if they just didn't get a good shot or if it was an editing decision or what, but when uh, Homeboy gets his hand caught in the winch, I don't know how that happened. Okay, Like, dude, I watched I it several times, up, and I was like, what happened there? Like, if it, we, we rewound it, too, because we were both just yeah. like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. I would be way more believing of it if it was her that did that because she wasn't familiar with how everything there works, but uh, right. I think it's Johnny gets his hand in the winch, right? Right. Well, I mean, it, they do use that. Um, they do use that well, though. Like the reason to have him get that cut is to one have him like have an open wound so he can be get the first infected. victim. Right. But also to show that she doesn't know what she's doing on the boat. Mm-hmm. He's like he, he. She doesn't know what to do to help him with the winch yeah she kind of um, no sells that whole thing <laughs> he's like my right, fucking yeah, hands are getting torn apart and she's like oh huh yeah huh. just kind of <laughs> dead dead faced yeah <laughs> no sell all the way man. no sell the whole Stone way yeah cold, man yeah that uh, was weird yeah, it was a weird moment and and yeah that, that that i think uh mostly the the movie's you know moving at a pretty good clip until about halfway through we're yeah. doing like I felt like it was a pretty good pace, and then halfway through is when it kind of starts dragging at times. Though a lot of cool stuff happens, they you know she goes down. This this is pretty early, about like twenty five minutes in, where we see the creature. Yeah, the um, full reveal. Like it's not really a you know a slow subtle like hey what is that what could it be? It's not like right like, for example sweetheart. Um, mm-hmm. Where the full reveal is pretty late in the movie, this is just like, hey, right. there's these uh, big old jellyfishy tadpole things on the boat. There's also, yeah. it looks like a giant butthole under the boat. <laughs> so a big butthole. Here's here's why I think this is a good thing. Even though I, I prefer, you know, sweetheart, I, I really liked the way that happened, like the slow reveal. I think this is a good thing because the movie is. N- not saying there's a sea monster attacking these people. The movie is presenting just a creature that is out in the ocean and they come into contact with it. It's not a monster. So a slow reveal would be, you know, give the impression that this is some monstrous thing. It's yeah, just yeah. a creature. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I was thinking about too. It is just very like matter of fact in that way. Yeah. You don't need to yeah. do the slow reveal because then it starts to add this, I think, this level of maliciousness and intent yeah. and intelligence to the creature, right. which is not. Which is good in happen. Sweetheart because yeah. in Sweetheart it is a shark man who is hunting. Yeah. So like, it, it does have intent. Yeah. Uh, but in this, yeah, it's this is, uh, she calls it a Nadarian. Uh, so I looked it up. There are parasitic Nadarians. Um, it, 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 it is. So unoutlandish is basically what I would say about oh, yeah. this creature, even though it is like an insane, horrific, gigantic creature. Um, it, it's also it's, it seems logically plausible. 
Yeah, totally. The, the ocean yeah. is full of fucking monsters. That's why I don't go exactly. in there. Exactly. Yeah, we I don't go know in what's their house. down there. Don't yeah. go in their fucking house. Don't, don't do it. Yeah. And it's it's like, again, it's like so unmalicious. What it normally would be doing is attaching itself to a whale or something passing by, injecting it with its parasites, and then they would eat through the whale's uh, eyes, I would assume, and then grow out of its corpse. Yeah. That's, That's pretty normal pretty stuff rad and with pretty parasites. Brutal. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I like, too, that, like, the movie never... The movie never really steps into like, oh my god, it's a failed experiment from nope. the Tahitians offshore. <laughs> like, it never, <laughs> never tries right. to do that. It never goes into any kind of like no. weird sci-fi territory because these are people that are one scientist and a bunch of fisher people, and they're like, yeah, there's weird shit in the ocean. It's just an animal, right? That's fine. Uh, that's all you need to know. I mean, that's that's the thing is that they both uh, this it, this also has like a country mouse, city mouse type of thing going on, but where they both have vast amounts of experience in two different directions sure like they have hands-on experience with pulling weird shit out of the ocean uh and she she has her like book experience and observation experience of weird shit out in the ocean and those things kind of collide together uh and it's also got the the collision of science and superstition yeah you know anybody uh, uh sailors fishermen Anybody that goes out on the water regularly is generally pretty superstitious, it seems. like. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I get it, because uh, water is dangerous. Very, um, very, very, yeah. One of the superstitions they talk about in here is the uh, bad luck having a redhead on board. Can't be doing that. Can't have this redhead. Uh, you know, the from like a superstitious perspective, she's on board and all this happens um that 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 would confirm it right like that's what i would like uh, to i would like to point out that if you probably went and asked the vikings about it which there is a person on this boat named freya they would probably say it's very good luck having red-haired people on board right so many vikings were (laughs) red-headed and uh didn't seem to hold them back very much i must say yeah yeah it seemed to work out pretty fine for them (laughs) uh but also uh you know you got like um freya says uh fishermen don't swim okay what was I, up with that because i was like that sounds fucking suicidal uh, yeah i i looked it up and i was surprised to find out that it is in fact uh, a true thing or at least like a it, it was a true thing and can it, it still does affect some some people some people still s- refuse to uh learn to swim and they also refuse what? to wear life jackets and the the reasoning behind it is this if you get shipwrecked and you're out on the ocean you can either drown fast or you can die of uh, uh overexertion and exhaustion while you just float out in the ocean okay all right so you're gonna die either way you can do it fast or slow <laughs> And there is somewhat of a sound logic there, I there suppose. There is. Yeah. I, listen, I, I disagree. I would want any chance I got. Like, but I, I am I want, forced to respect it. But I do respect that decision, yes. Uh, yeah, that that was interesting to me. I, I read like I read the, a couple of different articles. One that was about like fishermen refusing to wear um, life je- preservers and like 
just reading the quotes and stuff it was like huh okay like yeah that's i mean it's lot it's logical i mean now that i think about it though i don't know a pilot out there that if you threw him out of the plane they could fly i'm just saying (laughs) you know it's a good point solid it's a good point the logic stands whether by (laughs) by by land or by sea or by air you know you think sully sullenberger can just flap his arms really hard yeah he's secretly a goose (laughs) it could be yeah (laughs) interesting man yeah they definitely kind of play up the entire um myth versus science thing pretty heavily in this movie you have them doing things like saying prayers telling stories about the bioluminescence yeah yeah freya's talking about uh the mythological neve um and yeah she's like well it's it's like phytoplankton yeah there there's yeah it's throughout there this the the clash of myth and superstition and science yeah and it's it's interesting to me that i mean and and i'm not sure exactly if the this is what uh director nisa hardeman was going for in the end but it almost ends in a mythological way in, in her jumping into the water to sacrifice herself but it also in my mind the moment she jumped in the water i was like she's going down there to beat its ass (laughs) she gotta punch that thing in the butthole and that's that's mythology there that's exactly what a a mythological hero would do they'd Mm -hmm. go down there and beat the sea creature's ass Mm -hmm. yeah like I can see that. I, now that you put it that way, that is kind of a mythological way to go out, especially for the scientist person to yeah. do that. I kind of have a couple of ideas about that where part of me is like, okay, this whole like myth slash religion slash superstition versus science kind of angle, mm-hmm. part of me wants to complain about it and be like, okay, but there was no big character arc where the science person became the believer or where the believers became the science people throughout the course of this. Part of me wants to complain about that, or there's also part of me that wants to be like, well, that wasn't the point. The point was, nature doesn't give a shit what you think about it. If you're thinking about it scientifically, or if you're thinking about it mythologically, it's just there to fucking eat. Nature is a big butthole that eats you. That's that's kind of it. I think that those similar themes are also explored in other flicks. I think we definitely get some of that with with Jaws. Our Jaws episode was really fun, where we kind of talked about... The pessimist optimist. um, Actually, we had a bunch of different kind of psychological readings of those characters uh versus nature, which ultimately just needs to eat. Um, (laughs) I think The Edge is also a movie that kind of deals with this very well. That's like Uh Anthony Hopkins, and is it it Uh Cuba Gooding Jr. in that? I thought it was Alec Baldwin. Is it? Okay. I don't remember. Yeah, it's been a long time since I watched it. Maybe it's not very good. I don't know. But I remember whenever I watched it back in the day, I was like, man, this is so like nihilistic in a lot of ways where right. it's just there's a bear and it wants to fucking eat you because it's hungry. That's it. That's yep. nature. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So like part part of me wants to be like they played that angle in a way. Part of me part of me wanted there to be a change. Part of me wanted the you know, one of the characters to have kind of like a philosophical change by the course of the, of the end of the movie. But then part of me is just kind of like, it's kind of cool that it is kind of nihilistic in that way where it's like nature doesn't care. Yeah, nature doesn't care. And, you know, we do, there is some hope in the end. I mean, uh, 
it's 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 not entirely bleak at the end, but it is bleak. It's 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 a pretty bleak ending. Oh sure. Um, and and, and it's kind of surprising how like I mean even like so like when uh, homeboy's eyes explode. Um, how about okay. that? So they they've gone on to this other boat where they found people whose eyes have exploded, uh, yeah. but they don't know that's what happened. They got um, event horizoned. They got event horizoned, and and, and that kind of shakes her. Then homeboy's eyes explode, and and they're kind of shaking a little bit more. And and then like I don't know, it kind of settles into a, a a comfortable bleakness. Where, yeah, like, we find out the captain is infected, and then he either kills himself or Freya kills him. Um, and then, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kira, she starts, like, going mad, basically, yeah. like, and trying to attack um, uh, Siobhan. And and then, like, yeah, like, uh, what's his name? The, uh, uh, Sudi. Yeah. Sudi, he, he, like, basically... He's all bleeding out and stuff, yeah. Yeah, he's like just bleeding. It's real like it just gets real like bleak and bleak and bleak, but it's like it still doesn't it doesn't feel that dark to me. I don't know why. I like know, if right? it's bleak, I, I but it doesn't similar, feel dark. A similar issue with the movie where it's like whenever dude's eyeballs explode and that's like shit, this is what the stakes are? Like if you get yeah. infected, you're going out a bloody screaming exploding mess. Holy uh-huh. shit. And also, yeah. too, just that, that reveal where, like, after his damn eyeballs blow up, then all the little parasite, little worm things, like, scurry Ugh. away. Ugh, that was such a stomach-churning moment where it's like, his eyes blew up because they were full of little yeah. fucking worm tadpole things. That oh, is stomach-churning. That is, like, body yeah. horror to the max. But then it never reaches that height again, ever. No, no, it just, yeah, it settles into bleakness, but never gets, like back to that no well think about even like let's go james gunn and think about like slither for example where Uh you know oh yeah it just elevates yeah it it just just gets worse and worse worse. worse. yeah yeah (laughs) like that's that's pretty rad to me i think that kind of elevation is something that's needed in a way that does stick with a scientific angle though that it doesn't get worse that it the the parasite infection presents in one particular way but does um, it? Because it makes homegirl just kind of act crazy. It makes one dude just slowly bleed himself to death, and it makes another guy's eyeballs blow up. So, like, what's with the lack of consistency with what this thing does? I think it has to do with, like, how infected you get, like, how many parasites there are. But, he, like, because he did, even, the, uh, Sudi did go blind. He only got, like, a, a couple of cuts from the, the parasites. Yeah. And he did go blind, so it did have that effect on him. And yeah, Kira did start to go mad, but so did um, uh, the first guy who Johnny, who Johnny. got yeah, he he started seeking out water, and that's it's it's interesting, like that that's one of the things it does because parasites often do that they they cause uh, whatever is infected to seek out water because right. that's the next stage of their their life cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it, it presents in similar ways but yeah i think it could it could have like what if you yeah you had had one go blind but like he already had like something else killing him 
like you know maybe a big cut or something he's bleeding out and he dies before his eyes explode and then the next one eyes explode like you know like yeah then, like, oh shit if it keeps going that's what happens oh fuck. right yeah and that, that could have been a better way to do it yeah. those little like tadpole things squirming around after his, his eyes blew up i was like oh shit this is gonna give me some good like body horror like gross out stuff like super gross body horror stuff happening while you're surrounded by water on a ship that can't even move because if the thing retracts it's gonna you know make the the boat into swiss cheese basically and sink your boat so you just have to endure this horrible body horror shit it's almost like scurvy 9000 gross (laughs) i was like this is gonna be fucking rad but then it kind of petered out with the body horror a little bit like it did honestly what i was hoping whenever i saw that initial huge reveal that we got is that this would be i'll put it to you this way if this had like a screenplay revision by Nick Cutter, the guy that wrote uh, The Troop, and uh, I think also The Deep is the name of one of his other books. Dude, you've not read The Troop, have you? No. It is a essentially like a Boy Scout troop on an island and like a parasitic kind of infestation thing. And oh. it is fucking disgusting and scary as shit man like i was thinking if this guy got his hands on this script and was able to really manipulate the body horror and the sense of being trapped in this one location oh man it could have been a home run but i just kind of feel like that moment is the iconic moment of the movie and it it peaks right there and then it never reaches that height again yeah yeah it it's got some good moments after that, but they're never as 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 high as that. Yeah. 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 Shot it shot a little bit too early. Yeah. I th- I mean, but speaking of like just hitting the right buttons, this this movie hits so many of the things that disgust me. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's got uh, a deep sea creature. It's got open water. Hate that. It's got Hate that. Those those fucking sucker teeth things that uh, <laughs> yeah. then attach and make the like trypophobic goddamn holes in the side of the fucking thing that are oozing weird green slime like and They're then eye Baja shit. blast gel. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did look like some L.A. looks gel. <laughs> like, like what if she had rubbed it around a little bit and, went and like put it in her hair? <laughs> Just started styling, man. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of things in this that are, like, definite horror triggers for me. Like, dude, the thought of being out in the ocean with a fucking monster, like, being in the damn monster's house, fuck a million percent of that. Yeah, don't want to do that. Like, even just going offshore that far eliminates any communication other than with other boats or whatever. Like, there's no cell phone reception out that far, which is also just a great thing to use as a vehicle in a movie. Of course, these days, we always have to fucking get rid of the phone in some fucking way, right? Yeah, and they do that in this pretty effectively with just one exposition line. That's how it works. As they're setting out, just like, make your last phone calls. We won't have any coverage in a few minutes. And it's like, okay, so that's why they won't be able to call anybody for help. Yep. Um, yeah, and then like, yeah, he he, um, you get rid of the radio by having the the captain decide to go fishing in an area they're not supposed to be. So you yeah. want to radio it in because you're going to go to jail. Yeah, there's um, a little bit of like, uh, like in a way, greed kind of led to all this, where he went right. out where it wasn't yeah. really supposed to be anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's kind of because like, you know, because Sudi is convinced, you know, as he's dying that it's because they brought a redhead on board but the reality is his captain 
was the one who fucked him. <laughs> like his captain <laughs> was the one who did this. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And and like. He gets off real light too, I think. Like he does die, but he doesn't. You know, no explodey eyes for for you know being the cause of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he does get that, off a little bit easy. That could have been like the moment to have the explodey eyes at that point. Like, have a couple people die. You know, you know that it blinds them. You know that you saw that the people on the other ship didn't have eyes, and then kaboom. Eyes explode, but <laughs> that eye explosion was amazing, though. It, it was, was really so dope. awesome. It was yeah. a very well done effect, man. I, I I do think that anytime there is like an effect being used in this, whether it be some of the practical blood and gore or even some uh-huh. of the CGI stuff with the creatures, right? It all looks pretty fucking good to me. There yeah, wasn't really a lot of parts in this where I was like, "That looks fake as shit." Like even nope. even though I liked Sweetheart better as a movie, and I'm just comparing it to that because we just did it. We just did it, and they're both about sea creatures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like even with that movie, there was definitely a lot of times where the effects were showing. Uh, this movie yeah. did a pretty damn good job of hiding its effects. Yeah, it did. And it did. Uh, I I really like the underwater shots and stuff. Like it, it is a yeah. well shot movie. It looks oh, yeah. good. Yeah, the yeah. underwater stuff really does just look like watching a fucking David Attenborough. Um, yeah. Narrated, you know, Discovery Channel documentary or something. They all look really good. Oh, okay. On the subject of this though, what the fuck was up with the intro of the movie? <laughs> that was what so the weird. Fuck was that I? Okay, so before all the production cards, I don't know if this is like this in every version. So maybe if some people see it like on DVD or something, it doesn't. Maybe have it this, doesn't have this. I don't know. I hope. I hope not because it's weird. Not. But yeah. it's like a production company introduction to the movie you're about to watch with a voiceover being yeah. like, "You're about to watch a really exciting movie. Welcome yeah. to Sea Fever, produced by Dust." Like uh-huh. whenever that introduction started, I thought that it was one of those deals where it's like when when a movie starts off with a commercial about something that's in the movie. Like if it was, right. you know, like it starts off with a commercial about RoboCop who's there to protect the streets and you, you exactly. know, the camera something zooms like out and it's a TV that you've been watching. I right. was expecting that. Yeah, but it's or, like no, nope, yeah. it's just a reminder, hey, you're watching a movie enjoy <laughs> like yeah it really like took me out of it before it even started yeah i really did because i knew this was about a, a sea monster uh it really did give me the idea as soon as it started that it was going to be like oh this is the corporation responsible for yes. the sea monster yeah that's what i was thinking that's exactly yeah. where i thought this was going or you know even if it was a real life informative thing about the movie I thought that it was maybe going to tell us something like it was made using this revolutionary camera that offers right. these, these sea something views that you've never seen. Different. But no, it's just like, here's a motion picture that we made it. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, then. Like, I kind of cool. figured. Yeah, I, I knew I wasn't watching a documentary, so thank <laughs> right? you. Thanks, Captain Obvious. And I wonder, I wonder, because it seems to me that that was probably some sort of promotional material that they yeah. used at like the film festivals and then like for some reason the production company was like yeah no we need to stick that on the front <laughs> like, yeah because reasons <laughs> reasons yeah <laughs> yeah that was yeah, that was that odd for me that was a weird yeah. choice that i didn't really understand also too like 
For a movie called Sea Fever, I thought Sea Fever was going to be a much bigger part of the story. Okay, well, I think it is. Okay, so here's the thing. All right, so they they say Sea Fever several times. They talk about what Sea Fever is, which is basically because you're only sleeping in two-hour shifts, you eventually start to develop a psychosis that they call Sea it's Fever. Ren and Stimpy Space Madness is what I kept thinking. Right, of. It's exactly. Like, oh, it's like Space Madness, yeah. Exactly. But in uh, another way, the parasite, when it infests the host, drives them to water. So it could be called a sea fever. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's a little bit of a double booby-doo. I didn't see huh? anybody in this entire movie getting an urge to attain more cowbell due to their fever though. And I think that was a little <laughs> bit of a misfire yeah, cowbell on the, fever, on the maker's part. Cowbell fever does need to be made. <laughs> That's what happens when you get a fever, man. That's the only prescription. Yeah. It is the known. only prescription, more cowbell. They kind of um, missed out on it. Like I kind of figured this would become especially like with the whole like, you know, uh, uh, superstition versus science kind of element that was presented so early in the movie. I thought that this would be the kind of thing where it's like the scientist is going, no, 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 this is happening, and the people on the boat were just like, no, it's sea fever, it's just, it's this happening. Like, well, they do, yeah. The captain does say that, but a uh, little. But I thought it it'd be does, more of a central yeah. struggle, you know. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. It definitely, um, it's interesting to title it sea fever, like. But I also can't imagine what else you might title it. Maybe the name of the boat or whatever neve canor <laughs> maybe <laughs> confuse that confuse the americans perfect yeah, confuse, yeah. <laughs> see exactly yeah so i'm thinking is like a lot of the things you might name it and you don't mm -hmm. want to like openly reveal it's a sea monster i think it's enigmatic enough and and discussed enough to work as a title but i also agree with you that it it is not as central as it would seem like it it might be yeah normally yeah. Yeah, because it's title really of it, the movie. <laughs> it's really a sea parasite movie. Yeah. like no, no yeah. one is getting the sea fever exactly yeah. the way that they describe it as this. Yeah, like you said, space madness kind of thing. But it's so. also like we, you know, with Sweetheart, like uh, you know, uh, the not an obvious title. JD Dillard, yeah, he he wanted it to be enigmatic, and maybe that's what they're going for a little bit. You know, to, to maybe make you because I did kind of think going in, even though I had read that there was a like a sea creature involved. I thought more of the more of the tension would be the crew stuff. And that tension yeah. is there but it's not like as central as I, as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like overall I thought that there were ways that there could have been more more tension in the movie. Yeah. I mean whether it, it be between, you know, this sort of infighting of science versus superstition yeah. or if there was a more urgent like holy shit, the ship is sinking actively. We have like a right. day to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But in, instead, it, it's it kind of like... It does start no, to sink, but that's not yeah. even like... Yeah, it's not It's that not urgent. Yeah, like there's not yeah. really that much of like a ticking clock kind of thing. Or, right. hey, if we can get this person to shore, we can save them. Like right. There wasn't really that element of tension in there, which I think would have elevated this movie quite a bit more. Instead, it's like, okay, we're kind of stuck here. Um, yeah, let's make I the think, best of it. <laughs> yeah, I think like 
the way it's presented is a much more realistic version of what would happen. It People is, probably yes. wouldn't be yelling and screaming like they would in a movie, but there's a reason they do that in a movie, because it's fun. Yeah, it's entertaining, right? <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining. So yeah. <laughs> it is a reasonable complaint, I think, to say, I'd kind of like there to be more tension. Yeah. Um, even though, it, uh, yeah, I, I think it, I think it is really trying to capture real, like a much more of a real feeling. Uh, I think it w- it would be elevated by just some more yelling and screaming, or some, you know, some more obvious like tension. Oh yeah, between and people. It's obvious too that the actors could have pulled it off because everybody in this. Oh yeah, they're like, great. Yeah, I have complaints about stuff in this movie. The acting is not one of them. No, everybody no, is very convincing. Everybody yeah. in this is really good. There's not really one weak mm-hmm. performance in this movie to speak of. No, no. Uh, the what's her name who plays Kira? Olwen She's great, yeah. Foyer, her last name is F-O-U-E with a little thingy over it. R-E with a thingy over it. I don't know how to say that, but it, it, she's great. How about that? Yeah, that's one of those names that, like, like a lot of the names and words in this movie, um, I'm sure if you, you know, said that with the proper dialect, it's probably pronounced as, like, Shaw. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, do love, I do love that about Irish stuff. Because yeah. uh, you you also uh, you you watch the Tri Channel right? I the do. Yes. Irish people love try and stuff. Love it, love it, love it. They're great. Um, and yeah, their names make no sense. Their names make no sense. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, it, sometimes it's just somebody like Dermot. Uh, but you know, yeah, you also have. I don't know how to pronounce your name. The the cute redhead. Yeah, <laughs> it, dude. It starts with Her a name B. Is fucked man. <laughs> and you'll have somebody who's like their name on screen is spelled like like S H. O A G R N, and it's like, oh, I'm John. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you spell it that way? <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, yeah, it's great though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right though. Like the, the cast is definitely not um, a, a problem at all. They are fucking bringing it. Everybody's good. Like, um, I, I just think like. Like I found this very good and entertaining. I see the flaws to it. I don't think it's like a perfect movie or anything, but it's definitely one that like if somebody was like, "Ooh, I like sea creature movies," I'd be like, "Oh, have you seen Sea Fever?" Pretty totally. good. Totally. Yeah. If yeah. that's like your thing and you're searching for new ones because honestly, you yeah. know, one gets released every 5 years or so. There's not that many sea creature right. kind of movies. Yeah, if that's your thing. we had like, two in 2019. So we did. Maybe they're, maybe they're <laughs> How did coming that back. Happen? Yeah. <laughs> well, and also wait, when did uh when did uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, fish fucking movie come out? Maybe that oh, Shape was of like water. Kind of the, Yeah, Shape of Water. Maybe that was kind of the inspiration for more sea creature movies, which I'm all for because as I said, the sea is frightening as fuck. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's plausible. Yeah, everything yeah, that comes out plausible. of that that's a monster, believable, yep. man. Yep. I think you should have so. called that movie The Fuck of Water. Wouldn't that have been the better? The Fuck of Water. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's The Fuck of Water. The Fuck of Water. Oh boy, yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like if you're if you're into this kind of uh this kind of thing and you like the sense of you know, like, let's say, like, claustrophobia that you get from movies like Alien. This movie has Alien references in it where, like, one of the first things that, um, what is, is it Sue, shit, what's his, what, what's the character's Sudi. name? Sudi. Sudi, thank you. I was going yeah. to call him Sunni, and I was like, that's not right. No. Sudi and, and uh, Obed, is that right? Uh, Omid, yeah. Omid, fuck. Yeah. I'm just butchering all the names in this. Like, they're talking about, like, wanting to get paid and getting credits and yada yada. It's very yeah. Alien right there. 
Um, yeah. There's a little bit of the thing in this as well. There's a little bit of Jaws in this. Yep. It's a lot yep. of like a little bit of things, but not fully fucking committing to it. But there's mm. enough familiar flavors in here where you'd be like, oh yeah, that kind of reminds me of this other movie that I love. Yeah, it does a good job of homage rather than than just ripping off. Like, yeah, it is much. It is much more. Yeah, as you said, like it, it's just small things. Like when they're trying to pull the the thing with the winch, that was very Jaws. Like, very. Yeah, there, there's definitely some some really like good homage without being too, uh, you know, overt. obvious. Yeah, yeah, overt. Yeah. It's an okay yeah. movie. I have my complaints it, about it, obviously, yeah. as I've said. Um, I don't know. I'm not in a rush to watch it again, uh-huh. but yeah. it is okay. It's an okay movie to me. Okay. What would what number just slap on it? I'm going to say like a four and a half. Four and a half? Okay. Four and a half I'm on a go, ten, yeah. I'm going to go a, a, a little bit higher. I'm going to say a six and a half for me. I, I really did because it got all my all my triggers. Woo. It got my goat. Um, it definitely is one. I have been like um, having the unfortunate squirmy feeling that parasites make me have for a couple days now. <laughs> like Ew. It just won't go away because uh, it's... I, it's real effective in that in that aspect and we definitely should do some more parasite movies because they they fuck with me so much like slither right? is one where uh it's not too bad because it's kind of silly and over it's the silly, top but, yeah yeah but there are definitely other ones that are ugh. um but yeah i i think this is solid it, it's it's a as you said it's not um it's not it never reaches the heights of tension of stuff like the thing or jaws or whatever no 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 and that is to its detriment but yeah that's your competition when you're doing a movie like this like a man versus nature at sea picture yeah that is your competition so you do have to kind of stack up a little bit there i just feel like this was kind of like version one of the script and they were just like fuck it print it and whereas like it could have used a couple rounds of revision to to turn into something truly probably just didn't have the budget for that too. maybe I mean, that yeah nisa hardeman uh she's she wrote the script as well i yeah like i believe there were like six production cards before the movie it felt yeah there were felt, you'd see that a lot i think with uh, a lot of movies from ireland and the uk where you know people kind of cobble together their budget like through several different companies or in the uk they have like the lottery or whatever council that also provides money to films and stuff yeah uh, but like seeing that many production company logos made me think like it, it's probably like a small amount from each because it doesn't it's not a big movie like as far as we we see some cgi stuff but it's it's under an underwater filter so it doesn't have to be amazing um and yeah there's not there's not like a lot of uh moments that i think make me think this had much of a budget so i would think you know even if even if she had wanted to go back and rewrite it probably didn't have the the time and money to do yep yeah but it could have benefited it could have benefited yeah from just a little bit uh, added tension and maybe also just give me a shot of what happened 
to make that guy's hand get caught in the winch. I just need to know <laughs> how that happened. It was just a, like, I'm walking by a thing. My hand is magnetically attracted to the winch. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's up in the gears. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, that what was happened? that was that was a little bit of a moment where I was like, "What?" Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed this. So, uh, six and a half. Thanks for the Patreon submission. We draw out yeah. a movie from the Smoking Bowl once a month. That is all full of your all submissions. If you support us on Patreon at the five dollar or above level, Steve, where can they do that? Well, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. I, uh, yeah, you just, you know, I'll post for submissions once a month. You throw something on there and then we toss it in the bowl. And I'll tell you what, it always awesome. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many movies we've done now because of Patreon picks that I never heard of, never would have thought to do. And then we do them and it's like this, where it's like, oh, that was enjoyable. That was a fun time. And I, I, it grossed me out. Yes. Thanks. Yes, indeed, man. I'll tell you <laughs> so, what yeah. my submission is: the figure Let's four leg lock. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so th- thanks, Carrie Winkle, for submitting this. Uh, also, yeah, uh, head on over there, become a patron on any level. You get access to our uh, exclusive Patreon episodes. Just started you just a done new one. Yeah, just started a new mini show. I mentioned this last week that I was trying to get this going. Uh, started a new mini show with my wife called Addendum because her her name's Emily. So get it? Addendum. Oh, M. Got uh, it. Uh, and uh, w- see what happens is after every episode, Emily has a lot to say about the episode. Oh so yeah. So I thought, why don't we just record that? <laughs> so I like it. Go check out twenty five minutes of uh, Emily's uh, opinions on our Clue episode. It's a fun time. She's great. I like it. It's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, definitely support the show by doing that and rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just takes a Mm -hmm. second. Really does help us show up in them algorithms and all that jazz. So please do that. It doesn't cost a penny. And uh, yeah, follow us on all the socials. We got a Linktree page you can find to hook it up on Uh Instagram and Twitter and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. uh, It's a Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah, it's got everything there. Uh, links to the the screaming chat. Links to all of our social media. Links uh, to the links past. To our, links to the past. Yeah, you've even got links to the past there. It's a uh, pretty. I mean, you get to throw around pots an awful lot. Just walk in somebody's hut, throw a pot around. Yeah, oh, I found a ruby. Yeah, mm-hmm. rupee. Sorry. That's right. Good stuff right mm-hmm. there. Good stuff. <laughs> and be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be doing one that. I'm I'm so excited to talk about because uh, it's some like really fun fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah. it's it it is floated around uh, the entire time we've been doing the podcast. I've always wanted an excuse to watch it, and you hadn't seen it until recently, and now you know we have to do it. The it's best. Slumber Party Massacre too. Fuck yeah, dude! People getting killed by a man. What's got a guitar? Come on. <laughs> A guitar with a drill on the end. It is. How effective of a weapon would that be? (laughs) It's probably not very. Yeah, probably not very, honestly. I mean, uh, we're we're selling it pretty high. It's kind of garbage, but it's amazing garbage. It's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is a good time. So be sure to check that one out in time for next week's episode of Dead and Lovely. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's show. I have been 
Uncle Bane, as they would say in, uh, what is it, uh, you know, Scottish, Irish, whatever this is in. Uncle Bane, I have been Hollywood, Steve. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> well, that was it. an accent, I'll tell you that. That was an accent. Foreign accent. It was a foreign accent. I'm it was sure. for sure, definitely foreign, right? Yep, yep, yep. Not domestic at all. Nope. And we've anyway. been dead and lovely. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Smoochy smoochy. Love you. Now, Steve, you know I am not riddled with fancy college degrees. I'm only a lowly educated community college graduate. You know this mm-hmm. about me. Yeah. And that is why, considering that you you know, you have your damn house wallpapered with your degrees and stuff, I, do. I feel yeah. like you're somebody I could consult on this and get some mathematics checked out because I came up with something the other day that I keep running it through my head and I'm like, that can't possibly be right. But I need okay. someone with an education to tell me if it's accurate or not. Can you help me with this? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because I was thinking about it the other day, and given the natural lifespan of smaller-sized dogs, Uh I was thinking that we'll still have our little boy, Turkey, when we're in our 50s. Oh. And the thought of me being like, oh, it's my 50th birthday. Get over here, Turkey. That can't be right, can it? I mean, it does sound odd, yeah, it when you sound think right. about it. But I, I think, you know, by that point, it's possible they will have invented a thing that makes your dog live even longer. Ooh. So you could no, be in I your like 60s. This. Now think about that. In your oh. 60s, you're like, come to me, turkey, my friend. I guess ultimately, too, at that point, if I make a meta profile for Turkey, he'll just always be there with me in the metaverse, won't he? Yep, that's yep. You, uh-huh. Sick. Okay, so bring it on. I, I wonder if they could make your dog an NFT. Ooh. Yeah, right? So that you own a receipt saying you own the dog? That's amazing. That would be very valuable. It would be. It would be. Def- I could imagine it going for millions, most likely. <laughs> it's just so weird in my head because I'm thinking that, like, it seems like Turkey shouldn't even make it into my 30s. Oh. Right? Because I'm only, like, 25, that. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Ben. Who, buddy? No. Do we need to no, talk you're doing bad air? math there. <laughs> let's just say, let's let's talk after the show. We'll figure this out. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out.